Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Mary Poppins Returns in today's statistics episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation old Royal Dalton Musical! What is this? Mary Poppins Returns. I got to see it Tuesday night uh, in Dolby, which was quite an experience. And now it's uh, just going to talk about it and the statistics therein. And all the things that involve Mary Poppins Returns. Because it's a pretty big movie. It's going to make a lot of money. And it's apparently a pretty big awards player too showing up in a lot of places so let's get to it Mary Poppins Returns I saw it December 18th 2018 it's about 123 minutes a little over two hours and it's a 2018 film my brief summary with the kids all grown up with kids of their own the magical nanny returns to see to their new problems I gave it a 74 Uh, And it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 78, last I looked. It is part of the Mary Poppins franchise, I guess is the term now. Uh, Yeah, it's the second best Mary Poppins movie. But 74 is still a pretty good score. The first one I uh, haven't seen in a while, but has a 95. uh, Which makes the average rating for Mary Poppins movies 84.5 putting it just ahead of the Doinell series, uh, Truffaut's loose, loosely connected, uh, I believe, trilogy. I've seen two of them so far, and puts it just behind uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars as far as average film rating is concerned. And like I said, uh, 74 is a, is a strong but not exceptional score. Uh, it's currently my 35th best film of the year. So, you know, a far cry from my best picture uh, consideration, but it is a good movie, it has some good music, it is enchanting, it harkens back to the original respectfully, Uh, a couple of instances uh, it actually improves upon the original, uh, but in other ways it is, it almost feels like a step back. Uh, I'm glad it's getting so much recognition, I thought Emily Blunt was fantastic in it, Uh, and, yeah, I've been listening to the music all morning, uh, and I I intend to continue to do so moving forward. Mary Poppins Returns is directed by Rob Marshall. Uh, This is the sixth film of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 56.83. It's the second film of his I've seen rated in the 70s and second best movie overall, coming in behind... His Oscar-nominated direction in Chicago and ahead of another Disney musical, Into the Woods, that also starred Emily Blunt and Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, This uh, increases Rob Marshall's value to a negative 0.5, his score to a 42.13, and his rank to 374th overall, one spot behind Gareth Edwards, Rogue One, and Godzilla director. And one spot ahead of Anthony Minghella, who directed 
who won an Oscar for directing The English Patient and also directed Talented Mr. Ripley. And Rob Marshall's direction is great. I, you know, I, I love the subtle touches, not always subtle, subtle and overt touches that le link back to the original film. Uh, I think even the, the way he maneuvers the story through all of these very similar uh, experiences to the original film, you know, the entire sequence in the animated um, porcelain dish uh, is very similar to the street paint street paintings. You have uh, I don't know the Meryl Streep side plot and and like that's mirrored in the original movie. A lot a lot of similarities. It follows a lot of the same same things and and for that that's one of the reasons why it's got a significantly lower score than the original. But Rob Marshall is able to marshal those things and add some more nuance, add some more emotional heft behind some of these sequences. And while the first film, I think, felt very light and airy, uh, there's some depth and, and drama involved in Returns. More pressing, more uh, character weight, at least. And I appreciated that. I thought he did a good job of balancing, uh, you know, you look at the uh, second song of the movie that uh, Ben Wishaw performs about his wife, and that's a pretty low place to be in the film, relatively speaking. And to get from that to, you know, a cover's not a book is, you know, he, he wasn't fumbling along the way. He, he did a good job of... of treading lightly and uh, balancing all those things. So I was I was a pretty big fan of Rob Marshall's direction. He's not going to make my lineup, but I thought he did a strong job. Uh, writing. A lot of writers credit on the film. Uh, the first is David McGee. Uh, this is the third film of his I've, I've seen. It drops, or increase, yeah, drops his average film rating to an 81.33. It is his only film in the 70s and third best movie overall, coming in behind his Oscar-nominated uh, scripts from Life of Pi and Finding Neverland, uh, leaving Mary Poppins as his worst film so far. Hardly a blemish. Uh, dropping, uh, increasing his value to a 4 and his score to a 52.8 ranking him 200th overall one spot behind Philip Kaufman uh, writer on uh, Indiana Jones uh, Last Crusade and Raiders and Temple of Dune and unfortunately Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and puts David McGee one spot ahead of John Steinbeck East of Eden, Grapes of Wrath, Lifeboat uh, but beyond him, you have P.L. Travers, who wrote the Mary Poppins books. Uh, so this is her second film. Uh, it, it drops her average film rate to an 84.5. It's her only film in the 70s, second best film overall, coming in behind the original Mary Poppins. It increases her value to a 3, her score to a 45.25. And she is ranked 443rd overall, one spot behind John Patrick Shanley, uh, who is nominated for his writing on Doubt, and one spot ahead of Shane Black. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Then you have Rob Marshall and John DeLuca. This is their first writing credits that I've seen. 
They have a value of one, a score of 25.67, and are ranked 2,543rd overall. One spot behind, if I can find it, uh, let's say Judd Apatow for Knocked Up, and this is 40. One spot ahead of James V. Hart, who wrote Hook, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Epic, the animated film. Um, the writing for Mary Poppins is good. It's not exceptional. It's very straightforward. It's very similar to the original. Uh, the music is fun, lively, uh, but not exactly part of the screenplay in and of itself. Uh, different people wrote the music, lyrics, and so on. But I think the biggest thing the film fails to do is add any new dimension to Mary Poppins, the character. And not that I want to, you know, shed light on all of her mysteries, because I think mysteries are a big part of her and why she's so compelling and interesting as a character, but I, I really wish we had some new angle. And the movie tries to do this with a cousin, played by Meryl Streep, and that would have been interesting, but ultimately it doesn't give us any new insight into who Mary Poppins is through her cousin. Uh, so didn't exactly work for me in that respect. But I think the writing is fine. I, I think Rob Marshall does a much better job directing than the the writing team did of writing the film, uh, if that makes sense. I thought the sequences, the fantasy sequences were very brilliant and, and really beautifully depicted, but I think a lot of the real life stuff, and this could have been on purpose, was much more pedestrian, which I think to a degree was on purpose, but maybe they went a little too far, maybe, maybe. Which brings us to actors in the film. A lot of them. And let us see who we go with. First up is Julie Walters. This is her 25th film credit. and increases her average film rate to a 65.2. It's her fifth film in the 70s and 12th best movie overall. Coming in behind Paddington 2 and ahead of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. She has a value of 13, a score of 73.37, and is ranked 57th overall. One spot behind Kamatari Fujiwara and one spot ahead of Toshiro Mifune. Uh, Julie Walters plays the maid of the film, of the film. She plays Ellen, uh, who's like the housekeeper slash maid for the Banks children. Um, pretty much the same role she has in Paddington, if I'm being honest. Um, very similar, very similar. A lot of overlap between this and Paddington and Out of the Woods and In the Woods and that's what I meant, In the Woods. So, yeah, you know, Julie Walters was there. Next up is Angela Lansbury. This is her 12th film credit, increasing her average film rate to a 66. It is her second film rate in the 70s and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind one of her Oscar-nominated performances in Gaslight and ahead of Nanny McPhee. 
She has a value of 7.5, a score of 64.07, and is ranked 266th overall, one spot behind Verna Felton, one spot ahead of Bruno Kirby. She has a cameo as a uh, balloon distributor, seller, saleswoman. Um, however, that, what did they do? credit her as? Balloon Lady. She is Balloon Lady in the film. And she sings one song. And she is 93 right now. And still has a, fa- a great voice. Uh, it's not as crisp and clean as it used to be. But it is still a very, very wonderful voice that she has. Next is the titular hero herself, Emily Blunt. This is the 33rd film of hers I've seen. It increases her average for me to a 57.7. It's her fourth film right in the 70s and 13th best movie overall, coming in behind the Adjustment Bureau and ahead of the great Buck Howard. She has a value of six, a score of 60.4, and is ranked 462nd overall, one spot behind Albert Austin, one spot ahead of David Wenham. As Mary Poppins, uh, she totally embodies the role the way that... Um, Julie Andrews did. I, I, you know, as far as as a worthy successor, I think Emily Blunt was perfect. Uh, Bringing life to this character, um, making her feel at both times classic in the Julie Andrews sense, but also new and modern uh, is difficult. And I think Emily Blunt was able to do that. I think she harkened a lot quite far back to her original appearance on the screen and also was able to give us a little a little extra spunk a little extra character to her and and mannerisms and and so on enough to make it less of a um less of a tribute and more of an homage if that makes any sense uh, I was a really big fan. I'm glad she's getting praise. Uh, she's not going to make my top 10 lead performances at the end of the year, but I, I really did love Emily Blunt in this movie as Mary Poppins and would gladly watch her in further Mary Poppins movies. But I think they should hold off on that. This should be more of like a every 50 years before sunrise, before sunset type of thing. Um, here we go. Uh, next up is Jim Norton. This is the sixth film of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 72.33. It's his third best film overall, coming in behind Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um, or coming in, sorry, uh, behind American History X and ahead of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, this is, he has a film value of 5.5, a score of 59.75, and is ranked 501st overall. One spot behind James LeGrosse and one spot ahead of Gemma Jones. Uh, Jim Norton, who plays Binnacle, credited as Binnacle in the film, uh, I believe is the... um, I want to say second to Admiral Boom, who we will get to in a bit. Uh, He basically lights the cannons that fire in the movie. 
So pretty minor role. Next up is Meryl Streep. This is her 50th big 5-0 film credit for me, uh, increasing her average film rating to a 56.74. It's her 11th film rated in the 70s and 13th best movie overall, coming in behind Postcards from the Edge and ahead of The Bridges of Madison County. She has a value of 1, a score of 55.56, and is ranked 797th overall, one spot behind Ari Grainer, one spot ahead of Sonoya Mitsuno. Meryl Streep plays Mary Poppins' cousin, Topsy, and she, like Angela Lansbury, is effectively a cameo in one scene where she sings a song and she's fine. She has a very strange accent and is, you know, the least influential aspect of the film whatsoever. Uh, Everything else that happens, I think, could have happened absent uh her her inclusion but it is what it is uh she's in the movie and she's fine it's meryl street so you know her singing was good it was fine it yeah there's not much more to it uh next up is emily mortimer this is her 22nd film credit increasing her average performing to a 55.95 it is her sixth film right in the 70s and sixth best movie overall coming in behind elizabeth and ahead of paris Tem. She has a value of 1.5, a score of 52.79, and is ranked 1,045th overall. One spot behind Daniel Radcliffe, one spot ahead of Anne Bancroft. Emily Emily Mortimer plays Jane Banks, the now-grown-up Banks child from the original film, who has no kids of her own. She is um, single in this movie. Uh, She and her brother are going through some financially difficult times, and... Mary Poppins arrives to take the load off, uh, ease their shoulders, and succeeds, I believe. Um, Ellie Mortimer is good. She's um, she's a very fantastic actor, and I think the strength that she sh- shows in this movie is that she doesn't... Uh, she kind of plays her character under the radar, if that makes sense. She doesn't try to take over the scenes um, when she shares a scene with Lin-Manuel Miranda or Emily Blunt or Ben Wishaw. She's generally playing second fiddle to them. And she's so much, she's capable of, you know, outclassing all of them, in my opinion. But I think it's to her strength that she lets them control the scenes for the sake of her character. Um, I don't know. I liked Emily Blunt, or Emily Mortimer. <sighs> Emily Mortimer... Next up is a Ben Wishaw. Wishaw. This is sorry, uh, his 17th film credit that I've seen. It increases average film rating to a 55.41. It's his third film in the 70s and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind Paddington 2 and ahead of Layer Cake. He has a value of zero, a score of 49.58, and is ranked for 1,407th. Overall, one spot behind Ethan Suplee, one spot ahead of Michael McShane. And Ben Wishaw plays Michael Banks. I mentioned he has an, a song early in the movie that is pretty sad. Um, that's probably his high point. I think his character after that devolves into a unfortunate replica of his dad in the first movie without too much additional... Um, uh, characterization, unfortunately, 
and yeah, he just kind of becomes a mean old cuss and takes on the traits that he, you know, was so unhappy with as a child with his father having. But that is the circle of life, in a way. Um, he was fine. His singing at the beginning and end of the film was good. And uh, everything in the middle was fine. Next up is David Warner. Uh, this is the 13th film of his I've seen. It increases his average film range to a 54.54. It's his first film in the 70s and third best movie overall, coming in behind Tron and ahead of Time Bandits. He has a value of negative 1, a score of 46.27, and is ranked 1,790th overall, one spot behind Shia LaBeouf, one spot ahead of Kuvenzani, 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 oh shit, I knew how to pronounce this. Or at least I thought I did, and then I realized I was wrong. Uh, and now I don't remember the correct pronunciation. Quavengine. 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 Quavengine Wallace. Uh, the girl from. Beast of the Southern Wild. Uh, she, this is her sixth, uh, anyway, this is David Warner. Yeah, David Warner. Uh, he plays Captain Boom, the aforementioned, and uh, he's the neighbor of the Banks children and totally inconsequential to the movie. But, you know, silliness uh, for silliness's sake in a way that makes sense in the world of Mary Poppins. Leading me to... Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. So, he's 93 right now. He turned 93 back in December 13th. On December 13th. Same age as Angela Lansbury. Man, uh, his voice hasn't aged as well as hers. But, I... Either... He's an incredibly limber 93-year-old, or hats off to the visual effects team for making it look like he is. Uh, this is the fifth film of his I've seen. It increases his average film range to a 56.8. It's his only film in the 70s, second best movie overall, coming in behind Mary Poppins, head of Dick Tracy. He has a value of zero, a score of 40.57, and is ranked 2,544th overall, one spot behind David Zayas, one spot ahead of Lena Headey. Uh, he is basically a cameo as well showing up for one scene basically and totally capturing the audience in that one scene but nevertheless one scene and it it was just nice to see him in the movie you know uh beyond you know Angela Lansbury beyond Meryl Streep I was much more pleased to see Dick Van Dyke in a single role than I was the other two I miss Bert. Bert was so cool. I loved Bert. Moving on. Uh, Colin Firth. This is his 32nd film credit, increasing his average film range to 44.88. It's his third film in the 70s, sixth best movie overall, coming in behind The English Patient, coming in ahead of Bridget Jones's Baby. He has a value of negative, 13, negative 17. He has a score of 25.24 and is ranked 4,148th overall. One spot behind Dawes Butler. One spot ahead of Natasha Leggero. Colin Firth 
plays Wilkins, as well as the voice of the wolf in the film. He is the bad guy and is a very simple, I want money, bad guy. But I thought his performance was admirable, uh, particularly his voice performance as the wolf. I liked quite a bit. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say about him. Colin Firth as the bad guy. As Wilkins. Uh, the nephew, as it turns out, of Dick Van Dyke's character. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns with a 74 from 2018 is a comedy. Rising, raising the average rating of those to 52.01. It is a fantasy. Raising the average rating of those to 51.66. And it's a musical. Raising the average rating of those to 54.88. It does pass the Bechdel test. And it's rated PG. Uh, it does not have any Academy Award nominations. But I expect it will get a couple. I believe, at least, a couple. Uh, as far as Circle of Film Award nominations go, it currently is looking at two. One for Best Original Song for a Covers Not a Book, which is my favorite song in the movie and the most engaging song, uh, in my opinion, to watch. Uh, and it is nominated for Tactile Effects, alongside Suspiria, First Man, Black Panther, and The Favorite. Those are my top, my five tactile effect nominees right now. It is the 293rd film from 2018 that I've seen. It is the 1,742nd film I've seen in 2018. It increases the average rating of 2018 films to 44.44, increases their tomato meter to 62.27. It is the 100th comedy, 37th fantasy, and 19th musical. As a good film, it is the 89th good film of the year and increases the ratio to 0.57 good to bad films. As a three on the Bechdel test, it is part of the 54.27% of films this year with a three, uh, which is pretty good. It is a 31st PG-rated movie of the year, tying the number of PG movies I've seen released in 2017, 31, uh, and... I've seen 126 more films from 2017. And finally, it is a film rated 74. It is the 98th film to be given a 74 rating on my spreadsheet, which puts it in on par with three other films released this year, Tully, On My Skin, and Leading Lady Parts. If we go back to 2017, those films... That list would also include films such as First Reformed, The Breadwinner, Novitiate, Wind River, Only the Brave, and Rodney King. Rodney King. That's, uh, that's it. That's Mary Poppins Returns. And thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, if the audio got quieter uh, about eight minutes in... It is because, well, there's an airplane. I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, I have to keep the windows open because it is deathly hot in here. But uh, as far as the sound getting quieter, I have a roommate who returned home and I believe has his headphones on watching something on his laptop, but we must uh, grin and bear it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I do appreciate it. It does mean a lot. 
if you would like to hear more, listen to more episodes, uh, check out the Circle of Film Awards, uh, and much, much else, uh, there's the you can go to circleoffilm.com to find all of that information and more. You can follow me on Twitter, at Circle of Film, or on Letterboxd, Letterboxd, user name, Circle of Film. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Patreon for as little as $0.08 cents an episode. Um, that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.